1: Done. Hey, before we get into today's episode, I just wanted to take a second to acknowledge some news that broke since we recorded this episode on Sunday afternoon, as the Toronto Raptors announced on Monday morning that on March 24th against the Denver Nuggets, the Raptors will be putting on an all-women-led broadcast, which is freaking Awesome. You're going to have Megan McPeak and Kia Nurse doing play-by-play in color. You're going to have Kayla Gray doing sidelines and you're going to have in the studio Kate Burness and Amy Otterbert. I've gotten to work with all of these women in some capacity at some point over the last few years. All of them absolutely kick ass and it is long overdue that they are getting a spot on the flagship Raptors broadcast and I hope that this becomes a thing That is more reoccurring, and it is not just a thing that they're doing in International Women's Month, and as an announcement on International Women's Day, this should be a thing that is a regular part of the Raptors broadcast rotation. Look, I love me some Matt Devlin and Jack Armstrong, but it's high time. We started to mix up the names, mix up the voices who are getting to tell the story of the Raptors every single game. And I think this is such an awesome move. I can't wait to watch this game and just a huge congrats to all five of the women involved because all of them absolutely kick ass and bring such energy and excitement and intelligence and insight and everything to the conversation and... They're all amazing. So shout out to that call. And I can't wait to watch that game on March the 24th. And again, make it more regular. I also should shout out today on International Women's Day, some of the fantastic women who make Raptors Internet so damn fun to be a part of. They make it a better experience and a more enriching experience for all. Of course, a shout out to the Dishes and Dimes crew. You've got Kelsey, you've got Noor, you've got Sandy, and Iman, and Yasmin, and Sidra, and of course, Katie Heindel, one of our favorites here on this podcast, of course, my co-host on uh, Basketball. I can't really overstate how important Katie is to just sort of everything. <laughs> you know, this podcast, obviously, deeply enriched by Katie's involvement, uh, my Basically, entire view of basketball and the way I think about sports changed when I started working with Katie and she opened my eyes to a way more fun way to think about sports. That's what Katie does. She's a thoughtful, incredibly important writer. Shout out to Katie as always, uh, one of our absolute favorites here on the podcast. Of course, you've got Ashley Docking, a wonderful recurring fan favorite guest of the TikTok queen of Raptors recaps. Ashley's amazing. You've got Savannah Hamilton, who's doing some wonderful stuff for NBA TV Canada right now no shortage of awesome women who are getting the chance to cover this team you should support them you should give them your money and uh, listen to all the stuff they're putting out read all the stuff they're putting out and of course I'm surely forgetting people as well but that's the beauty of Raptors Internet is there are countless incredible women who make it fun and awesome shout out to the Twitter personalities as well you've got Dana at great day 92 go buy stuff on her Etsy store all her t-shirts are awesome great way to spend your money Uh, Emma Brown of course the Queen of collages and also uh, just OG Ananobi fandom and being a wonderful personable Twitter follow as well. Just an endless line of wonderful women who make Raptors Internet a fun and great place to be. So, shout out to all of the women in the Toronto Raptors Extended Universe and uh, hopefully you are enjoying this International Women's Day. And let's just not make it a single day that we're appreciating women or a single month let's do a year-round how about that uh it's not hard to support women all the time and with that let's get into today's podcast Again, recorded on sunday uh it's our over-unders halfway point check-in with vivek and sahal it's a lot of fun hope you enjoy it and without further ado let's fire it up
0: oh like because when i shot it, i expected to make it so like i don't shoot kind of miss.
2: you are locked on raptors part of the locked on podcast network your team every day
1: Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 899 of Locked On Raptors for Monday, March the 8th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. You can find the show at Locked On Raptors. You can find links to every single episode. Of the podcast, and of course, please make sure you're checking out the entirety of the Locked On Podcast Network. We have team focused shows covering all 30 NBA teams and all of the teams in the other big four sports and the NCAA power conferences as well. If you're a fan of a sports team, we have a podcast for you. So please go find it, support it, subscribe, rate review, all that good stuff. It's always appreciated. Today's show is brought to you by built Bar. Go to builtbar.com and use the promo code Locked On20 to get 20% off your next order and more on them a little bit later on in the show. Okay. On today's show, we have reached the halfway point of the season. I believe exactly 36 games have been played by your Toronto Raptors. And that means it's an annual rite of passage where we check in on our annual preseason over, under, and prop bets uh, done with today's two guests. And we're going to see who's winning. And uh, let's bring in the guests now. First up, you know, him. it's Big V, Big CBC, Big Lavender, Big Complex. Uh, We had something else last week that I forget what it was. In fact, Jacob, what's going on, man? (laughs) (laughs) Well... Uh, today's a, today's a good Sunday, man.
3: Uh, just fresh yeah. off watching Manchester United end Man City's 21 match win streak right. at the Etihad. Mm. Mm. So, um, of all the big things you mentioned, we recorded a Red Couch Manx podcast. Uh, Saha, we might need you for the Tottenham Hotspur episode.
4: And... <laughs> hey, yeah. let me let me let me say something really quick because I know Sean. Uh, you know he, he's the he's the intro king. The way he just introduced you had me laughing for a sec, but um good sunday for me too um tottenham won for one crystal mm-hmm. palace not a big deal not a big deal but and i know sean's a, a tottenham fan as well mm-hmm. he had, i think one of the goals this season um good sunday for me too good weather too the, this this past week around the city so it's been good it was a great goal i'm loving this
3: audition for united um long may it continue
1: get lost uh <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, that other voice you heard there is, of course, Sahal Abdi of uh, Raptors Republic of the post-game show, the wrap-up as well. Sahal, how's it going, man?
4: It's been really good. It's been really good, man. Like I said, the weather around the city this past week, man, we're finally getting into that spring weather. And it's crazy because in Canada, we consider spring weather just above zero. So um, that's sad, but it's also it's it's making me really happy. A lot of people are going through, like, mental things and have been down lately because of the pandemic. Last year or so, but I think it's,
1: the air right yeah. I've, seen,
4: I've seen a lot of people, Sean, say the sunlight's helping them out, so that's a good thing. So it's it's, good. it's been a good Sunday for me, too.
1: This is an interesting one for me because I took up cross country skiing this winter and it's actually been really therapeutic. And like my best days have been while I've been out skiing, and I'm looking at the temperature warming up and the snow melting, and it's making me sad. It's great. <laughs> so I'm in a great place, nothing's wrong. Uh, I'm feeling no kind of way about today being exactly one year since I was at a Raptors 905 game before going to a TFC game. And that was my last outing out before the the end times. I feel good. It's great. It's not a problem at all. Uh, to help cheer us up, we're going to see how bad we were at our over-under picks, guys. Are you ready to <laughs> dive on into these? Uh, again, to, for those who missed the episode at the start of the season, go back and listen to it. It was fun. I think it was a two-parter. But uh, we have 18 over-unders and prop bets for the Toronto Raptors this coming season, as we do every year, and we make our picks. And today, we're going to see how we're doing, who's on track to be winning this thing, by the time the season comes to an end, obviously, some of the questions we don't have answers to yet, like uh, end of season award winners and trades and things like that, but we will get into that stuff. Nonetheless, let's start off, guys, with the first two uh, bets that we had on our over unders and props. They're both over unders related to Pascal Siakam. Uh, so, the number one, Pascal Siakam points per game, 23.5. I took the over. You guys both took the under. It means you guys both get the point there because he's currently averaging. 20.1 points per game. And we'll just get into the second one as well. Pascal Siakam, true shooting percentage, 57.0. We are all wrong on this one. We all took the over and he's right around 54, 55. The let's throw this to you first. Pascal Siakam's scoring output, not what we thought it would be. Is this a problem to you? Or are you kind of like me in thinking that the way he's playing kind of lends itself to a healthier Raptors team, even though the scoring numbers for him are a little bit down.
3: Well, the scoring output is where Sahal and I thought it would be. That's why we it's got true. the point. Okay. Right? You're, you're right. Okay, fine. The efficiency is not where we thought it would be. <laughs> Correct. Whatever.
1: Make sure you dance on my grave of going over two to start. Thank you. <laughs> <Appreciate> it.
3: <laughs> it was the only honorable thing to do. Um, But yeah, with Pascal, I think you're dead on about the fact that, you know, the scoring doesn't mean as much as the playmaking and the strides he's made in that area of his game, the way he's able to read the double team's right now to anticipate them and to make the right read. It's not just that he's saying, okay, the double is coming. Where do I go? It's, it seems like he's picking them apart. And so that's really encouraging. I think when you see the strides, the Raptors have made as a half court offense from last year, as opposed to this year, uh, I think there's a lot to be encouraged by. And, you know, if they can just be healthy and COVID free, will have some momentum to build on because this is not the team that started 2-8. and eight.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm with you in thinking that the playmaking is the far more important development from his season. And I honestly think like we might see the true shooting still go up as the season goes along as his three-point shooting has come around a little bit. I mean, the season start was so bad for him that yeah, it kind of dragged the numbers down. He's at 54.2 right now. He's flirted with 55-ish at times this year after hot games. Um, so I don't think this is decided necessarily the points per game might be just because 36 games is a lot to gain three and a half points of scoring. And the Raptors have a lot of scoring options on their team. And Norm Powell's just taking everybody's points and gobbling them up like a hungry, hungry hippo. And we love to see it, <laughs> uh, but it might lead to that 23 and a half being unattainable and therefore me not getting the point out of that. Let's continue on here. Uh The next two I have both tied to the Raptors point guards and their points plus rebounds plus assists. The first one we had here was Kyle Lowry, 30.5 total points plus rebounds plus assists. And Guys, I think this is the first time it's ever happened, but right now we have an exact push for Kyle Lowry, oh wow. averaging 18.0 points, 7.0 assists, and 5.5 rebounds for an exactly 30.5. I guess we all get a half point for that. I'm going to say we get a half point for that to make myself feel better. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the next one we have here as well. Uh, I wish betting sites were so kind, Sean. Yeah. yeah they're really? Lovely. Right. I'm <laughs> I'm just a kind soul. Uh, by the way, we both took overs on that one, Vivek and Sahal took the under. So that's going to be anybody's game. The next one here, the yeah. getting a point on us. Fred Van Vliet points, plus rebounds, plus assists. I set the over under at 29.0. Vivek and I both took the under Sahal. You took the over. And currently as it stands, he is averaging uh b- 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 41? No, that's wow. not right. No, 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 I'm wrong. It's 31 total. Uh he's at 20.1 <laughs> points, 6.6 assists, 4.4 boards for a total of 41 31, I think. Either way, he's over. Uh Sahal, let me throw it to you. Uh are you like how confident were you in Fred overshooting that 29.0? I don't really recall and I mean, did you even expect it to be Like, Did you expect him to be this good when you made that overpick? I know you expected him to have an upgraded role in the offense and things like that, but are even you a little bit surprised by how Fred has done this?
4: To be honest, man, I'm not. And, um, you know, I'm not going to say that I expected Fred to reach that, like, combined 35 to 40 range. I always thought, I I think I even said during that last um, Raptors Republic, Raptors Republic, I can't even think right now. During that last last Locked on Raptors uh, podcast we did, um, I said, if Fred's going to do this, he's going to be just over. And, and that's where he is. But Fred, if you guys remember, was my all-star pick as well from the Raptors. I said, if they're going to get one all-star, it's going to be Fred. Fred, I think, has had an all-star level year. Um, but like you said, he's at 26 and 4. Um, I think he also should have probably been in the three-point contest. Do I want Raptors taking part in the all-star weekend? Probably not, because the NBA just doesn't really care about its players. But that's another story. But, um, yeah, I've been high on Fred VanVleet. He hasn't really done anything um, that's, you know, pushed my expectations. You know, I've not really been shocked with Fred, to keep it really simple. Um, I've been watching him. I know his usage was going to go up this year. I think he's at like 36 or 37 minutes a game. Um, One of Toronto's top performers, if not the top performer at this point in the season. So, you know, for Fred, you know, reaching this level, I think we're seeing Fred Manfleet squarely in the prime of his career right now.
1: Yeah, I think for me I had Fred maybe a little like maybe like 17 points a game something like that. I know he was at like 18 last year. Um and I, I just I didn't quite see the 20 plus coming. He's at 20.1, so it's not like he's blowing that away, but he does have a 54 point game this season. He has been uh yeah. racking up the scoring nights and it's been bloody fun to see. Do I think that there may be some red flags in terms of the efficiency. Yeah, potentially. Is it like a 54.9 true shooting, but... Uh, I think with everything else he's doing, the defense, we should have had an over-under on blocks and all took the over, apparently, because all the steals are blocks for him. Um, you know, Just with everything he's doing, he's been outstanding. I agree. He was the most deserving all-star candidate, even if I don't think he's the best player on the team necessarily. Uh, but that's not a bad thing. It's nice to have three guys who are that sort of equal footing, and you could make a compelling argument for all of them being the best player on the team. So shout-out to Fred Van Vliet. Get in yeah. the point. It's 2.5 to 1.5 to 0.5 through... questions let's get to the next two here pretty quickly these are going to be depressing uh at least for me (laughs) the first one uh we got two more minutes played between two players the first one is matt thomas or patrick mccaw i took patrick mccaw you guys both took matt thomas and currently matt thomas has played 145 minutes in 26 games 21 games for the raptors whereas patrick mccaw has played a grand total of 20 minutes over three games having just returned from injury Thomas is in the lead here, but Vivek, I'm going to throw this to you. Are you concerned that he could lose this lead pretty quickly in the second half of the season? There's a window. Uh, there's definitely a path to beating him. I
3: just wonder how long he can stay healthy. I think that's yeah. the big factor with him. I think we know how Nick Nurse feels about Patrick McCall. We are learning uh, very clearly how Nick Nurse feels about Matt Thomas. So, <laughs> I think that combination would lend to Patrick McCaw being able to make a comeback here in the second half and win that category for you. But I think it's just the health. That would be the big question mark
1: and potentially a tree. Yeah, that's totally fair. Uh, Not particularly close right now, but certainly I think, if there is one that might flip, this might be near the top of the list of ones that could flip over the course of the back half of the year, because boy, does Nick nurse, not like him. So Matt Thomas, <laughs> it's just not his thing. <laughs> yeah. Apparently uh, the other one in the more minutes over or either ors here are is Chris Boucher and Malachi Flynn. And guys, I was a sucker that was made a believer by three preseason games. Let it be known. I was wrong. Chris Boucher, obviously, has played more minutes than Malachi Flynn. It is not remotely close. It is 851 to 125. Uh, so you guys get the points there. We don't need to dig into the conversation on how stupid I am and how impressionable I was during the preseason. It's whatever. Uh, we'll move on and we'll continue on. We have an OG and an prop coming up. We got another Matt Thomas. We got an Aaron Baines coming up as well. We'll get to those in one second. But first, I want to tell everybody about our friends over at betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Baseball is coming up too soon as well. You've got award shows, TV shows, reality TV, all on betonline as well. Plus you get like deep cut basketball leagues. It's always fun to see what the action is over in Serbia on a given day. And you can do that on betonline.ag with real-time updated odds and props and almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the new scores and odds It's the best way to place your bets. And it is free to sign up, head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the code locked at betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. All right, guys, let's continue on here. Just a heads up on tomorrow's podcast, everybody. I'll be joined by Jordan Malley, one of the co-hosts of Locked On Bulls. And Jordan is going to trade me, Thaddeus Young. We're going to talk through a Raptors-Thaddeus Young trade. That should be a lot of fun. We'll do a few of these leading up to the deadline with other Locked On hosts as well, kind of playing GM for an episode. All right, guys, let's dive into the next one here. OG Ananobi points per game over under was set at 13 and a half. We all took the over and we are all currently sitting on an extra point as he is at 13.8 points. (laughs) Vivek, are you concerned at all here? Actually, Saul, let's throw this one to you. Are you concerned that it could fall below 13.5? It's right on the edge. Or do you think we're more likely to see uh, some increasing of that point total from OG Ananobi over the course of the back half of the year?
4: I personally think, OG, that we're going to see that increase. I think, you know, we're going to see later in the season. Right now, obviously, with all the COVID issues going on with Toronto, there hasn't really been much leaks, what's going on uh, within the organization. But I think, as of now, all the guys are out. Once they get back from All-Star break, you're going to start see seeing, I think, Nick Nurse ease them all into the lineup. Obviously, we know um, that, you know, deadly virus has... Um, you know, long-term effects on some players. Jason Tatum's a player that is still kind of, you know, mentioning how that COVID-19, you know, it has a huge, huge effect on him, how he plays, his stamina, things like that. But, you know, hopefully all these guys will be okay. But I think as the season goes on, it's gonna get a lot more compact. They're gonna be relying on the starters a lot more. Um, I think even as, you know, we get to the last maybe 10 to 15 games of the season, you're gonna see, you know, the rotations tighten a little more. Nick Nurse really trying to figure out which bench players he's going to kind of have to rely on as playoffs approach. Is it going to be a Matt Thomas? Is it going to be this guy? Is it going to be that guy? Patrick McCaw? Terrence Davis has been up and down, mostly down. Um, But you're going to see the main core guys, the OGs, the Pascals, the Freds, I think be relied on heavily um, as the season wears on. But
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think we saw in that sort of spell before he got hurt that he was kind of amping up his offensive load. He had the 30-plus game against the Pacers when he was kind of the only offensive show in town with a couple guys out. Um, And obviously, once everybody's healthy, he is the fourth or fifth option in the small ball starting five, but I do think there's going to be a lot of easy points for him. You know, we talked about this last week with Samson and sort of the ways in which OG is getting his points. And there's just more ways in which it's happening these days where, you know, he's doing his own little drives and he's cutting and he's the short man in the in the pick and roll. You know, there's, there's lots of different ways he's picking up those opportunities. And I think he's doing a better job of kind of presenting himself to score in a way that he maybe didn't early in this season and in his previous seasons in the NBA. So, yeah, I think we're all safe in getting the point on that one, most likely, but we will keep an eye on it. The next one here, this is where my comeback starts, boys. Uh, Matt Thomas, total threes made. We set the over-under at 72, one per game, assuming he played every game, which he has not so far. Uh, He has currently, so far this season, in 21 games, hit 12 threes. So I'm on track to win this one. I'm the only one who went under. You guys both went over. Uh, Vivek, what do you have to say for yourself? Why did you believe so much in Matt Thomas coming into the season? Because I thought he was Mr. 99%. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
3: Yeah, no, I I just think with him, I thought I bought into the uh, end of the season. You know, what he did in the seeding games, what he did in – that little playoff look that he got against Boston. I thought that was going to translate over to the regular season. That was obviously too small of a sample size to buy into. Um, I thought with the minutes, you know, at the guard positions, I thought he was going to be able to battle for a bit more playing time there, you know, factoring the redacted situation. I thought that would, you know, help him get more minutes as well. So yeah, I thought the minutes would be there and I thought he'd get plenty of chances to, hoist ups and threes. And that has not been the case.
1: Yeah. I mean, he's taken a lot of threes in his games. He's taken 31 threes in 21 games and considering he's not playing a ton of minutes, it's not a sad low volume. He's just not shooting terribly well for his standards. I mean, 38% is still pretty good, but I do feel like just sort of anecdotally, it feels like he's less of a sure thing to hit. And I guess that maybe goes into why he's not playing very much. Honestly. Um, Yeah, I I don't think we're going to see him hit 72 threes this year, guys. I think I'm going to get this point, and I will comfortably put that in my column, and I will continue on gloating because I'm winning the next one too, baby. Aaron Baines, points (laughs) over under per bet online. It was set at 9.5, and I took the under. You guys both took the over, and boy, am I glad I took the under. He's at 6.3 points a game. Uh, Sahal, do you have any hope that he might add 3.2 points to his total over the course of the rest of the season?
4: Um no absolutely (laughs) to to keep it like keep it you know a hundred with everybody listening I think Aaron Baines has been I'm gonna put it very politely because for people who follow me on Twitter they know how critical I've been of him this season Hey man Uh, you said you were gonna keep it 100 so keep it 100 Yeah okay keep it 100 (laughs) gonna get anywhere close Number one number two I think Baines is Easily been one of the worst Toronto Raptors this season in his his overall play on both ends on the court. He's not a guy that Toronto Raptors kind of imagined uh, the guy that they were getting. Um, You saw him play really well last year with the Phoenix Suns. He had crazy spurts. He shot a good, you know, percentage from three. He looked like your your classic um, stretch five guy. Still, obviously, when he was signed, I mean, people did believe that he was the best available. I thought he was the best available. I watched him in Boston make some game-changing plays for them, um, but again, he's not a game changer. He never was. Um, but as a five, you know, oh, man, it's it's been really disappointing with him. I knew he wasn't going to bring the playmaking that Gasol um, had last year and the year before that. I knew he wasn't going to bring the shot-blocking ability that Ibaka had. Um, but I thought he was going to be a steady force, and and he's disappointed, you know, Raptors fans far too often this season. He has had bright spots here and there, but. Man, if yeah. you, you know, if you follow me on Twitter, you'll know you'll know that I had you know I posted a certain poll on Aaron Aaron Baines. I think it was like five or six days ago. Um, I'm not going to say what it is because you know, just in case he's listening. But Aaron Baines, you know, <laughs> um, I'm reading for you to step it up. If you're listening to this, um, please, you know, for the sake of our Toronto Raptors, step it up.
1: Uh, for the sake of me getting the point, I hope he doesn't. Uh, and also, I don't think he necessarily <laughs> has to. Scoring wise, he's been. Like objectively better since moving to the bench. I think him and Boucher works quite nicely as a tandem. And I'm just gonna you hear this. It's me patting myself on the back because I do recall (laughs) my reasoning for Baines having less than nine and a half points a game was that I thought the Raptors were gonna lean into playing small and lean into OG being the best center on the team, which they've decided to do. Mm -hmm. And it's great. And so I don't think we'll see the opportunity for Baines to rack up the points over the back half of the season, but I don't think that's a bad thing. And honestly, Him moving to the bench has weirdly made me feel as though they're less in need of a center because he seems pretty equipped for that role, which is you know, play 18 strong minutes if you need it, more if you're playing against Joel Embiid, and that's kind of it, and I think it's all right. So I will take the point there. I'm crawling back. It's uh, after the first half, the first nine. It's Sahal at five and a half hypothetical points, the Vec at four and a half, me at three and a half. Let's move on to the next two. We're not getting points for either of these. The next one was home games played in Tampa Bay. It was set at 17 and a half. They're already over and it's going to be over. Uh, They're playing the rest of the season there. We don't have to spend too much time on that one. The next one, players to make the all-star game. We all said the over of one and a half and we're all wrong. They had no all-stars. Disappointing stuff. We've kind of talked about Fred and all that. We don't have to rehash that one. But the next one here, guys, is particularly interesting and it is going to be close down to the wire. Total charges drawn by Aaron Baines plus Kyle Lowry. I set the over-under at 50.0. I took the over. You guys both took the under. And so far at the halfway point of the season, 14 charges drawn for Kyle Lowry, 10 for Aaron Baines. So they're at 24, very close to that 50 in terms of overall season pace. Of course, Kyle's missed some games as well. Played just 29 games out of the 36. We don't know. We can't pencil in health or whatever for the second half. But Vivek... How are you feeling about your decision to go under on this one? Are you going to be sweating out that number for the rest of the season? Yeah,
3: but honestly, I expected to sweat it out for the rest of the season. This was, <laughs> <laughs> this was. I, I think this was always going to be a tight one for me. Uh, I lean towards the under just because, honestly, I expected. Just, you know, Kyle, in terms of his, although I went over on his averages, I thought, you know, in terms of his games played because of the congested schedule, I thought the total uh, charges would be down. Um, and then with Baines, you know, I picked the over on the points. I thought that was just more, you know, I, th- I thought Fred w- would be doing more playmaking as opposed to scoring. Um, but that's just who he is and that's fine. So, uh I will argue that Baines probably would, would be closer to that average if uh, he could actually finish layups, but uh, that's not the case. I didn't realize that coming in. But, you know, that's that has nothing to do with charges. Yeah, I, I just expected this to be really close the whole way. So, um, over or under, I mean, I, I think this is either you could have gone either way. And, you know, I don't, I don't know if anyone can be particularly upset with losing this one.
1: Yeah, there are a lot yep. of reasons why I don't want the Raptors to trade Kyle Lowry. Uh, one of them is that I still want to win this bet really bad. Uh, <laughs> that will uh, The chances of that will be hit quite hard if Lowry is dealt. Uh, speaking of trades, we will get into the final six over-unders. Most of them we can't really address all that well because they're about, you know, end of season results and stuff like that, but we'll yeah. hypothesize and see how we're feeling about our bets, and we will talk about a couple trade related props in just one sec, but first I want to tell everybody about our friends over at Built Bar, who right now have a wonderful thing going on. It's the Built Bar Madness Bracket, baby. We've been telling you about Built Bar, their best tasting protein bar in the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing, low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate quote on all bars now is the time to find out which built bar is the best it is awesome the matchup start today we're recording as uh, on sunday so i don't have the matchup in front of me just yet but you can go to builtbar.com or at built underscore bar on twitter sorry at bar underscore built on twitter when you do that you can find the bracket. I think the champion should and will ultimately be Toffee Almond, the number one. But, you know, you might have a different say about it. Whatever it is, go to BuiltBar.com and vote on your favorite Built Bars today. Remember to use the promo code Locked On 20 as well to get 20% off of your next order. That Locked On LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar out there over at BuiltBar.com. All right, well, let's wrap this up, guys. We got six more props. Let's dive into in-season Toronto Raptors trades. I set the over-under at 1.5. I took the over. Vivek took the over. Sahal took the under. Let's flip this to Sahal. Sahal, how are you feeling about the under? Are you concerned, based on the way the season has gone,
4: that you might end up losing this one? It's at one and a half, you said, right? Yes. Oh, man. It's, it's tough because I think t- Toronto's in, in a very unique situation with their roster where they have holes that they probably think they need to fill. Um, but like you said, they've done things in the season that have, I guess, some, put some band-aids on some certain situations. Aaron Baines at the five was something that Nick Nurse tried and tried and tried and tried. And it didn't work. He even tried putting Boucher at the five um, a few times. That was better. Um, but I think the Ananobi, Siakam, super small ball lineup is something that Toronto's going to stick to. I think that's their best lineup. Um, reminds me a lot of Houston's smaller smaller team, obviously without their play style. I mean, they're 99% isolation <laughs> with Harden, everybody watch with googly eyes, play style. But um, I think with, with Toronto, like I said, they're in a unique situation. Will I be surprised if they knock off two, even three trades on, on trade deadline or leading up to trade deadline? I won't. I won't at all. Um, I'll just chalk it up. You guys can take that point. Um, but at the same time, it's one of those things where will I be shocked if they just stay with the status quo? And and I won't. Uh, I won't be shocked with that either. So, I mean, it could go either way. Toronto knows that certain players have been disappointments. Certain players have been consistently um, bad for them this season I'm sure every Toronto Raptors fan at this point knows who those players are um, players have been named in trade talks since the beginning of the season guys like Norm have kind of I want to say filtered their name out of those trade talks with their recent play um, but again from a trade perspective with Norm specifically he, his value is at its highest it's ever been so will I be shocked Sean and, and Vivek no I won't uh, if, if Masai just goes you know what boom you're gone you're gone you're gone bring this guy in and that guy <laughs> Um, I won't. So, uh, you know, Masai, just put the Black Fury down so I can get this point, please. Thanks. (laughs)
1: Um, Yeah, I am feeling a little unsure about this one
4: because I think
1: if they are going to make a deal to add to the team, I feel like it's one deal because they have a pretty full rotation. There's a very clear spot that needs addressing and maybe they're able to do it. I don't know. Otherwise, maybe they go the sell route, which I think is bad and they shouldn't do it as we've talked about in this podcast uh, till we're all blue in the face. They should keep Kyle Lowry. They should keep Norman Powell. They should not yeah. sell on a team that is pretty good. But if they do decide to trade Kyle Lowry, that could open up the possibility of trading Norman Powell. Because of what you said, he's at an all-time high in terms of his value. Maybe you don't want to be in the business of paying his next contract, although I'm talking myself into that more and more every day. And maybe if you're selling off Kyle, you just say, screw it, we'll sell it all, that's not tied down, and we start next year with the main core three guys and whatever stuff we get back for Kyle and Norm. Which, again, don't think they should do it, but that is certainly on the table. Vivek, how are you feeling about this one? I
3: am hoping Masai can, you know, pull off his best Ann Robinson weakest link impression and be like, Hey, you are the weakest link. Goodbye. You are the weakest link. Goodbye. You are the weakest link. Goodbye. Six Uh, times. (laughs) uh, Yeah. I, 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 man, it's, it's tough to say this, but I am leaning towards sort of moving on. Um, I think the Raptors at this point at 17 and 19, We know what the ceiling of this team is. When I look at the playoff standings, I know the teams that they're not going to beat. And so with that being said, you know, you built up to get to the point where you have this cap space in 2021. And let's face it. Once you, if you, if you do go the route of re-signing Norman Powell, which is, which is the way I think they're leaning, that cap space is going to be gone. So if you don't have that flexibility, I don't know if, you want to go with the same status quo for the next few years. So I think the big trade might be on its way. Uh, I think it tells you something that I don't even (laughs) want to say it, Uh, but uh, I I won't be surprised if that happens. And then, like you said, if that happens, then might trigger a couple more.
1: Can you believe this guy talking a blank, blank trade into existence? Just so we can get the stupid point on this dumb exercise. Unbelievable, man.
4: (laughs) At this point, if a trade happens, I'm putting Vivek in that Wojnarowski range, uh, (laughs) that Oracle range. (laughs) I'm putting
1: him in the Shams range where I block him. uh, (laughs) Damn. Sucks. Uh, No, you're you're good people. Shams. Otherwise, we don't need to get into that now. But. Yeah, I, I, I'm i torn. I don't think the trade's happening, though. I don't think there's enough coming back for Kyle Lowry to make it happen, honestly. Um, and we don't need to talk about this again because it feels like we've talked about it every day on the podcast for roughly three weeks, and we'll be doing so for the next 17 days until the damn trade deadline comes. Uh, let's move to the next one. Also trade-related. How many of Stanley Johnson, Patrick McCaw, Terrence Davis, Matt Thomas, Chris Boucher, DeAndre Bemby, and Aaron Baines will be on the team come season's end. That's seven players. The over-under was set at 5.0. Both uh, myself and Vivek took the under. Sahal took the over. We don't need to dig into that one just yet. If trades happen, probably a couple of those guys get moved. I feel like it's uh, more likely that Sahal is going to get this one, honestly. just That's a lot of dudes to move out and some guys who've kind of made themselves essential. Uh, let's move on to the next one. End of season award winners. Uh we had it at one and a half. This encompasses all awards, all defense, uh, most improved, 6 man, coach of the year, whatever it might be, all NBA. Uh we all took the over on one and a half. So Hall, how are you feeling about that pick right now?
4: Can you can you remind me what the the um the uh prop bet was?
1: It was end of season award winners on the Raptors, one point five.
4: You know what, Sean? This one is is gonna this one's really gonna like this one's tied to my heartstrings because the Raptors, obviously, their season, like 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 Vivek said, they're they're under five hundred, right? This has been overall, I want to say, a pretty disappointing season for Toronto, um, considering everything, considering the expectations. Some people pegged this team as you know a team that could end up with the second best record in the conference. I saw some people saying first. I saw a lot of people saying third and fourth. Um, Toronto, as we see them, is looking a lot like a play in team. Um, so because this is tied, I, I, let me, I'm getting to my point about tied to my heartstrings. If this season ends, you know, as a disappointing one and the Toronto Raptors, you know, don't get any award winners, I'm going to be really sad. Like this is going to feel like a throwaway season. <laughs> I was sad when Fred wasn't announced to the All-Star uh, as an All-Star to the All-Star weekend. But um, the the end of season awards is what's really going to trigger me because OGN and Obi, I personally think You know, Ben Simmons made a crazy statement. Not a crazy statement, actually. I I think it's a pretty fair statement. He said he was the best defender in the league. I think it's arguable. Um, In terms of wing defenders, OG's up there. I don't care what anybody says, Sean, Vivek. I know you guys are with me, but in terms of that outside circle of NBA fans, if you've watched OG Ananobi over the years, you know he's one of the premier wing defenders in the league. I think if he reaches a certain game threshold, he should be named... Um, I'm tired of OG just being in the discussion. Like, this is... Mm. This is a year where I think um, OG and even a guy like Fred, how is Fred averaging almost a block a game? Mm-hmm. How? And I'm not just, this, I'm not, this isn't just, you know, box score stats. We know what Fred can do with the eye test. We've seen what he's done to premier guards all over the league. Um, Fred and OG deserve a lot of credit for what they've done. Pascal, like we know, um, at, his, at, his, at the best is, is, is an elite defender. We saw it in the bubble last year. Um, but I think Fred and OG need awards Coach of the year, obviously, is just not there. You know, Nick Nurse is a great coach. That's out of the window. Um, In terms of other awards, obviously, MVP, no one's in the discussion. Um, Most improved in sixth man. Hey, Chris Boucher, Mm -hmm. how are you today? Um, I saw a stat on Twitter where Chris was, I think, 44 or 45% from three, and we're halfway through this year, or past halfway through the season at this point. So, hey, Chris Boucher, how are you today? Um, I hope he's in the discussion for that as well. Jeremy Grant's having a huge year. But, um, yeah, end of season awards. Please give Toronto something. NBA, let me (laughs) down this season. Please give us something. Yeah,
1: I feel like I think they might not get a ton, but I also think Fred and OG are going to make all defense. I think the hype is there. I think Fred is probably already, like, penciled into a guard spot. And, like, it does take, like, that sort of national discourse to really drive a guy over the top in this conversation. And OG like less than a week ago was getting the Zach Lowe seal of approval for his defense on the low post. And like, I think people are getting wise to it. He's ridiculous. He's defending everybody. Um, I think we'll see them both make it in terms of the other awards. Yeah, probably not a ton. Norm would have been a good six man candidate, except he starts every game now. Um, and honestly, like Jordan Clarkson's going to win six, man. It it sucks for Boucher, but. Clarkson's going to win it. He's having
4: an incredible year, Clarkson.
1: And if he doesn't, Jazz fans will uh, wet themselves and say, disrespect. Uh, <laughs> but, um, you know, I-, I think we're probably OK on this one. Vivek, quickly, are you feeling confident at the over 1.5, but mostly because of the all defense spots?
3: Uh, I don't feel great about it. I, If I'm being honest, I think Fred has a better shot than OG just because of the public discourse. And I feel like. And it's a work. less
1: stacked position, too.
3: Yeah, exactly. And so I feel I, I feel pretty good that one of them will be there. I'll be happy and pleasantly surprised if both are there. Uh, I I think that would be the right choice. I don't know that it'll necessarily be what plays out. But yeah, beyond that, like you said, if Norm was coming off the bench and doing what he's doing, then he'd be right there for sixth man of the year. If he had better uh, all-round numbers, he'd probably in, be in the mix for most improved as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's it's going to be touch and go the rest of the way.
1: Yep, I think so too. Uh, let's get to the last few quickly here, guys. Uh, still all hypothetical and speculative at this point, but we can, I think, maybe seal a couple of these uh season win total per bet online it was 42 and a half it's gonna be tough to get there i mean they could in theory have a pretty strong second half i the math is failing me at the moment if they go what like 36 and 10 or 26 and 10 they get there which i don't think is that's not happening likely no uh (laughs) i mean easier schedule i suppose in march at least maybe they get on a roll but yeah it seems pretty far-fetched that they'll do that uh we all said the over there so i think we're all going to be screwed on that one The Eastern Conference finishing position, this one's eh, interesting-ish. Not really anymore, actually. We all said the over. I said it at three and a half. So by saying over, we said they were going to be one, two, or three. Uh, It seems pretty unlikely. I think the fourth seed's very much in play, uh, considering they're like two games away from the fourth seed at all times this season or in it themselves. It's very clustered and and crunched up, and it's totally doable, but we'll see. The one I want to get your thoughts on or close things out here, guys, is the playoff rounds one, One and a half was the over-under. I took the over, said the Raptors would sneak into a conference finals. I still think there's an outside shot at that if things break right and matchups break right, but it's going to be an uphill climb. You guys both said the under. How are you guys feeling about that call? And do you think we might even be under 0.5 by the end of the season? Sahal, so, what are you feeling?
4: Um, like you said, Sean, it's an it's an outside. Like I know Raptors fans are probably you know listening to this and thinking like, what the hell? There's no way we're making Eastern Conference Finals with our team playing like this. The East but sucks I is the thing. Exactly, <laughs> like you said, you know, as bad as the Raptors have been, um, you know, relative to our expectations, this is a team that's I think, like a couple games away from the fourth seed.
1: I have a take here, and I've been working on it for a couple of days. I wasn't sure if I believe it,
4: but I think I believe it now.
1: The Raptors stand the best chance of making the conference finals if they are the sixth or seventh seed. The, obviously, the play-in is annoying. You, you, I would assume they'd win that. But if you're the sixth seed, that means you get one of Philadelphia or Milwaukee in the first round, which obviously not great matchups. The talent's obviously clear. I think I would feel pretty good about them out-coaching the hell out of the Bucks at least. And the Sixers you know, maybe they can annoy Joel Embiid for a whole series. Maybe they can't, but they've done it so far this season, and there's a puncher's chance there. Whereas, I just find they don't match up super well against either Boston or Miami, and playing those teams in the first round sounds like a nightmare to me. Not to mention, if you do survive that series in a 4-5, you play Brooklyn in the second round, because I'm assuming Brooklyn's going to get the top seed, and you're going to lose that series. I'm sorry. You're not beating the Nets. If they can get Philly or Milwaukee in the first round, beat them, and then you get the other affiliate Milwaukee in the second round to me, that is their best, best path. And obviously they probably need to make a trade to bolster the team to really have a shot against those teams. But I think the blueprint for them to beat those teams is there in a way we haven't really seen with Boston and Miami. Maybe I'm giving Boston too much credit. Boston is a bunch of frauds too, but Jason Tatum, as we saw in that game before the break can hit some bullshit shots and win a game for them pretty easily. So That's my take is their best path to the conference final is from the sixth or the seventh seed. And uh, I don't feel great about it (laughs) if I'm being honest, but I think there is that path there that exists. Um, But I'm guessing we're probably going to be looking at the under 1.5 here. I think you guys are going to get the points here and that feels like a pretty okay place to leave this one. Obviously the back six of these were kind of TBD. So I didn't assign points, but after the first 12, the scores were 6.5 six for Sahal, five and a half for Vivek, and three and a half hypothetical points for me. We will see how those numbers change come season's end. Uh guys, this was fun. As always, thanks so much for popping on for uh, a half annual biannual. That's every two years, whatever the hell uh every six months the word for that is. Uh <laughs> tradition. Semi-annual. Yeah, That's semi right. there we go. Look, this one there bring on, man. Old big grammar over here. Vivek, uh anything <laughs> you got to plug? <laughs> Big grammar has got to be the worst one. <laughs> we need
3: to abolish that ASAP. Uh, oh, big yeah, phonics. No, yeah, you can you can look forward to my regular work for Complex and CBC Sports and and the Red Couch Banks podcast. We will be looking back on United's win over Manchester City. Uh, that'll be out. So you can look forward to that. Oh, awesome. you can follow me on Twitter too, at Jacob.
1: Hell yeah. Watch North Courts too. It's great. Uh, oh yeah, that too. Yeah, I'll plug you if you won't plug your damn self. Uh, Sahal, anything you want to plug?
4: Yeah. I mean, if the listeners are familiar with Raptors Republic, we recently um, kind of started a post-game live show that we're doing after every single Raptors game. Um, It's me and a guy named Oren Weisfeld. Cool guy. Love him. Great chemistry. You know, we were in the beginning, um, early episodes kind of, I wouldn't say having chemistry problems, but I mean, your classic podcast, just learning each other, but it's been great. I've always said Raptors Republic has needed a a post-game live show. So I'm I'm happy to be doing that. Um, And then I'm also working on the side, a little basketball. I mean, a more general NBA podcast on the side with um, some close friends. So um, look out for that soon enough.
1: Awesome. We will certainly keep an eye out there. Uh, You can find me at Woodley Sean, of course. Subscribe to, rate, review, all that good stuff. Support all the Locked On shows out there. Particularly if you're a Leaf fan, Locked On Leafs with Mike DiStefano or If you're a Blue Jays fan, AJ Andrews has you covered with Locked On Blue Jays, so go and listen there. I believe myself, Mike, and AJ are going to hook up this week for another Toronto Sports Roundtable episode. We did that before I believe the bubble restarts back in the summer, and uh, they're great, so that should be a lot of fun keeping out for that later in this week. Of course, Tuesday, Jordan Malley from Locked On Bulls stopping by. We're going to talk about Thaddeus Young and get him on the Raptors. That would be lovely, wouldn't it? Uh, And we'll do a whole bunch more this week. It'll be a lot of fun as we wait for basketball to return, and uh, that'll do it. We'll talk to you again on Tuesday with another episode of Locked On Raptors. Have a good one.
2: Wilson, you sent the game winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 455 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it?
0: When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense.
2: You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. A hey, prime members, you can listen to this locked on podcast ad free on Amazon Music.